What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money, but it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. Hey, just wanted to remind you of that time your kicker missed the extra point and lost the game. Even though he literally never missed an extra point, he chose this playoff game to miss. Yeah, I just noticed you hadn't thought about that in a bit. Wouldn't want you to miss, you know, thinking about it. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory, but we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is DeAndre Nicolette. If you're new here, my love, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here for your first ever episode of Manifest Daily. And if you're an OG listener, hey girl, hey, hey boy, hey, what's poppin', what's good? Welcome back to another episode of Manifest Daily. My loves, I'm so excited for today's episode. It's going to be a guest episode. I have Chloe Wilde on the podcast. I'll do a little like mini intro to tell you guys about Chloe, who she is what she does and of course when we start our conversation she'll tell you more about who she is what she does her journey all the things it's such an interesting episode we talk a lot about like content creation balance nine to five um being in media being a tv personality like all these different things that she's doing and it gets really juicy it gets really good really fun so i'm excited for you guys to hear that conversation but my loves before we dive into that i wanted to do an intro to say hi to say how are you and happy tuesday i hope you guys are having a beautiful week so far so right now i'm recording it is sunday march 5th as i'm doing this intro and Honestly, I've been having quite a moment today, okay? Let me tell you guys about this moment I've been having. So I literally sat here, and y'all know when you got to get honest with yourself, when you like, when you feel that you have been slipping a little bit, when you feel like you have not been showing up in the consistent manner that you want to show up in, you have not been showing up in the consistent manner that it will take to achieve your goals, to call in your manifestations, to do what you need to do. And you have to have that honest and like tough conversation, that tough love conversation with yourself. I had to have one of those moments this morning because y'all like for the past, I want to say week to two weeks, I've been kind of off. Like I've been kind of off and I will admit that a huge part of that has been stepping away for like mental health. So like stepping away from social media, not really being on Instagram as much, um, not really being on TikTok or any of these platforms as much. I've been posting on, you know, the podcast and on YouTube, but I feel as if I haven't necessarily been 
really on my game, like on my A game when it comes to consistency, when it comes to planning, when it comes to doing all the things I want to do. And I think one of the things that can happen when you get into a routine with yourself and when you kind of know what, when you know that like, if you bring your bare minimum to the table, right? If you bring maybe a little bit above your bare minimum to the table, you will get stuff done. You'll get a lot of stuff done. So I know myself, I know the way that I work. I know that I can show up and bring pretty much like a little above the bare minimum and I can still get a lot of work done. I can still be somewhat consistent. I can still be kind of there, kind of doing a thing. But at the same time, I know that I can do more. And I'm not necessarily, you know, coming from a place of like pushing yourself and forcing forcing yourself to like, always be doing the absolute most but I think if I'm being truly honest with myself I have not been on the a game that I want to be on like when I think about the woman that I'm becoming when I think about my higher self when I think about these goals that I have when I think about the life that I want to live if I'm being completely honest with myself I'm not doing what it needs or what I need to do to get there I'm not doing what it takes and I can feel that in my bones and I think I just had like a moment today where I was like Deandra you need to get your shit together like I literally had that moment and I know I recorded a podcast episode just like this a few months ago when I was in the old apartment where I was like you need to get your shit together respectfully respectfully but you need to get it together and that is literally I think a moment in a conversation that I am having with myself again today so I literally sat down and y'all know that every single month I write out my goals and manifestations and this is a list of things that I am one, you know, working towards that I'm somewhat in control of, you know, whether that be, you know, going to the gym, whether that be filming or creating certain amount of pieces of content per month. And then also things that are not really, you know, fully within my control. So sometimes I'll write down calling in um, certain financial and abundant opportunities. Sometimes I'll write down just like pretty much miracles like that I would love to see come into my life and flow into my life because I found that writing and writing down what I'm calling in writing down what is important to me what I want to see manifest in my life is a really powerful way for me to manifest and so I love to write down goals and manifestations every single month and I went back today and I looked at my March goals and manifestations and not only that but I looked at my January 2022 my February 2022 because I wanted to see what is the trend of like what I've been doing this year and granted this has been a beautiful year so far like we've surpassed a million downloads I feel like I am doing really well in terms of like understanding the bigger vision for what I want to do with my business where I want to go with my life I still kind of you know a lot of days have a, a moment where I'm like I don't know what's going on but I do think I have a better understanding this year and I'm getting a clearer understanding every single day however when I went back and looked at January February and so far March, a trend that I was seeing was that in January and February, I'd written down these goals, these beautiful goals, these things I want to manifest. And yes, some of them came to, to fruition, but I noticed that the ones where it was really more of a goal that I had set, a lot of the goals that I set, I did not achieve. And a lot of the goals that I set weren't massive goals. They weren't, you know, these huge things that I didn't achieve because they were just so out of reach. 
It was more that I didn't achieve them because I wasn't disciplined. I wasn't committed. If I set a specific goal, and this isn't one of the goals, but this is literally the one that I always give as an example because I think it's the easiest to understand sometimes with the gym goal, okay? Of like, say I was like, I want to go to the gym three times per week. If I set that goal, that comes down to discipline. If I don't go to the gym three times a week, if I have no other excuse, if I didn't get injured, if my car didn't break down, if the gym wasn't closed, if there wasn't a major storm and I still didn't make it to the gym three times per week, that comes down to me and my discipline and my lack of commitment, my lack of being able to actually be accountable, hold myself accountable to the thing I say I'm going to do. And I realized that I looked back at, at January and February and I said, wow, I'm noticing this trend where I am not holding myself accountable. I am not really putting in all of me. I'm giving, you know, 70, 80, maybe even 90% on a good day, a good week. And that's beautiful. That's great. That's, you know, that's above average. That's above 50. But it's like, why can't I bring 100 to it? Right. And like I said, this is not about, you know, pushing yourself when you need rest and pushing yourself when you need to take a step away. I think I, I've done a pretty good job of leaning into rest in the season. And I almost feel like I have an, an issue with myself sometimes where I struggle with balance. Right. So it's either I'm leaning so heavily into workaholic mode, always working, weekends working, working myself into the night or I'm leaning into, okay, well, I'm going to take the weekends off, but then all of a sudden I'm slacking on the content. I'm slacking on the consistency. I'm slacking on my other goals because I'm leaning so much into rest and so much into the treat yourself mentality that my discipline now becomes something that flies out the window. And I, I just felt really disappointed looking at that because I know that I can show up better for myself. I know that I can show up better for myself. And I know that the things that I want to do, they require me to show up better for myself. And what's interesting is that, you know, I, I set an intention to meet more like-minded souls and to meet more people that I'm aligned with in Dallas Build My Community. And I have been calling in people like that. And that's one of the things that I'm noticing as well is that as I surround myself with more like-minded souls in my physical, you know, community and not just the friends that I have that are virtual, I'm also being reminded of the fact that it's like I'm, I'm being inspired by those people, I should say, right? And I'm seeing people who are hardworking, who are doing all these things, who are bringing their best selves to the table and it's reminding me that I can do that too. There's no reason that I should sit here and feel like, oh man, like I wish I could do that when I can, right? When I can, I know myself to be a hard worker. I know myself to be someone that can be disciplined, that can be committed, that can really put her all into something when she truly wants to. And to see that I have been not really giving my all into this year and we're into the third month of the year, I had to take an honest look at that and be like, okay, something has to change here, right? Something has to change. I have these big goals, like I said, for the year and I can see 
that I'm making progress, which is really fantastic, especially with some of the financial goals that I have. But at the same time, I can also see where I'm slipping. I can also see where things are going backwards. I can also see where I am really struggling with being disciplined. And what I did was I looked at my March goals and I said, okay, these are the goals that I had for March and truly all of them, I was not not doing any of them. And I said, okay, let's start over, right? Let us say the first week of March, right? Since it's the, what is it right now? It's, I think I said it was the fifth earlier in this intro, it's the sixth. But let's say the first week of March, we're gonna throw it away. We're gonna say, We're not going to count that. We're going to discount that first week of March. Let's say March for me starts tomorrow, Monday, March 7th. It's a Monday. It's it's the start of the week. It's a seven. So it kind of feels like a one. I don't know why, but let's just say my week starts tomorrow or my month starts tomorrow. And I looked at my goals. And I went back and I edited some of my goals because I also said one thing that I can struggle with sometimes is setting goals that are really really massive and when I'm so busy and when I feel overwhelmed instead of me trying to tackle it trying to tackle the goal I end up retreating and I end up doing nothing so I said let me edit the goals let me make them a little bit more chewable a little bit smaller a little bit more attainable and go from there so I went back and I did that and I said I'm gonna start tomorrow like tomorrow is the start of the month for me so I want to say this like if March has kicked off for you if maybe not even March but the entire year has kicked off for you and you have felt as if you are not really grasping 2022 in the way that you've wanted to, in the way that you intended to, in the way that you wish you were, it's not too late. It is literally not too late. It could be August 2022 when you're listening to this episode in the future and it is not too late for you to decide that you wanna change things, for you to decide that you want to create new goals, for you to decide that you want to switch your approach and become more consistent and truly dedicate yourself and truly be disciplined. Like I said a million times, rest, self-care, nurturing your body, nurturing your mind, your soul, your spirit, those are all very important things. And I know that we have so much going on in the world right now, so, so much where it literally can sometimes feel as if those things like like working harder goals or all these other things that we have for ourselves can take a back seat because we're feeling like the the crushing weight of dealing with everything that's going on in our world our society our collective but i also think that a lot of times like having your own personal goals having um having something to really strive and work towards having something to concentrate on having something that you're passionate about, that you can focus on. I do believe that that in itself is a form of self-love and a form of self-care. So setting goals, having manifestations, having a vision, having something that you're working towards and something that you're excited about is a way that you can feel better in this world and is a way that you can allow yourself to like nurture your growth and nurture your evolution. So although, like I said, rest and all that good stuff is important, don't sleep on the goals themselves or don't sleep on the manifestations because I think those are also really important as well. But if you have started this year and you feel like you just like it's just slipped out of your hands and all of a sudden you're like me and you woke up and you're like, I'm having a moment where 
I realize that I need to take this more seriously, whatever this is for you. Know that you're not alone and know that it's not too late for you to start over or for you to declare that you're going to take things more seriously moving forward and set that intention for yourself. If it means sitting down, planning out your to-do list for the week or planning out your week, do that. I literally sat down today. I planned out my Google calendar for the week. I planned out my to-do list for tomorrow. I, you know, rewrote my goals for the month. I figured out what is going on in my life and I set my intentions for the energy that I'm going to hold moving forward. And, and, and it is what it is. Like that's what it's going to be. So just wanted to put that out there because I don't know, maybe you guys are having a similar moment, especially as we're heading into spring. I think that's another time where we can often find ourselves like reevaluating where we are because it's like a brand new season. You know, you're it's like getting warmer. Things are happening. You're realizing that like you're not right at the start of the, the new year anymore, but you're getting into things and time is moving and things are flying. So just wanted to remind you guys that it's always okay to reset, to recalibrate, to kind of just like get back on track, especially if you feel like you've fallen off. You don't have to stay down. You don't have to stay there. You can get back on that horse and you can get back to the things that you want to do. So like I said, my loves, I am chatting with Miss Chloe Wilde today. We're having a beautiful conversation all about balance, content creation, all that good stuff. And I'm sure for those of you who are in a similar realm, like maybe this conversation will inspire you as well. So Chloe is one of Canada's top TV personalities. She's an advocate for health and wellness, and she is the founder of Healthy is Hot. So Healthy is Hot is amazing. Chloe will like tell us more about it, but she also has a podcast called Healthy is Hot and it's this entire movement and she's really like talking about health and wellness and bettering yourself, bettering your life. So Chloe brings her fresh perspective and outgoing personality to her role as a reporter for Canada's number one entertainment show, E-Talk, which is amazing. I don't think I've had anyone on the podcast yet. Well, obviously now I've had Chloe on, but I don't think I've had anyone previous to Chloe that has been an actual like TV personality, media personality. So again, her take on a lot of the different things that we talk about is very, very interesting. And it's so cool to hear about her journey of how she got into media, got into TV. For those of you guys who may be interested in to getting into TV and media and building a career in that space, we talk all about that. So let me go ahead and just like dive into this conversation with Chloe. You guys can hear her talk. You can feel her personality through the microphone and we can get her story from her mouth herself but all of the links and everything will be down in the show notes of course my loves as usual and of course I will see you over on Instagram and on YouTube if you're looking for more content and then also over on TikTok as well I'm trying to be more you know what let's not even say that let's not even say that do or do not there is no try I believe that is Yoda okay I've never seen Star Wars my friends but I'm watching the dropout on Hulu and like she quoted that and she said it was Yoda but I mean I I've literally never seen Star Wars but I always like believe in that quote like I've always had that quote as a thing in my head of like let's not say we're gonna try let's just do it or we're not gonna do it like period point blank period so I'm gonna be more consistent on TikTok, okay? Literally, sometimes I don't be knowing what to talk about on TikTok, y'all, because I'll be with them trends sometimes. I be trying to get with the trends. I'll be with them trends, but I'm gonna try, okay? I'm gonna try to think some stuff. I'm gonna try to pop up on the TikTok and talk to y'all over there. So find me on TikTok, find me on Instagram, find me on YouTube, all them things, okay? And find Chloe as well. Links are gonna be in the show notes as per usual. 
Now, let's go ahead and dive into this episode, y'all. Thank you again for being here. Chat with you in literally like a few seconds. <laughs> okay, bye. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop. One scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. My loves, I'm so excited to be chatting with Chloe today. Chloe, how are you? 
I am doing so good. I'm excited to connect again. This is our second podcast together. The first time you were on mine, Healthy is Hot, and now the tables have turned. I know. Look at that. We love it. I feel like we, well, I don't even know when our last chat was, but I do feel like it was like very recent. I love it. I love that you're here. I love that we're going to have this conversation. We're going to dive into some good stuff. So let's go ahead and just like ask the big question that everyone wants answered. Like, tell us who you are. Tell us what you do. Tell us all the things. Amazing. Okay, cool. So I am definitely someone who likes to wear many hats, AKA I am a busy body, AKA I cannot sit still. So my day job is a TV personality here in Canada on an entertainment show called eTalk, um, which I've been doing for about 10 years random long story. I like got into this industry on a reality show. It was never what I thought I was going to do with my life. Um, but now a decade later, I live and breathe um, entertainment and journalism. And I love shining a spotlight on anyone and everyone who I get a chance to interview with. Um, my passion and my curiosity for people is deep. So I really feel so lucky to do what I do on my day job. And then outside of those nine to five hours, I run a platform called Healthy is Hot, which is where people come together to share their stories about health, whether it's mental health or physical health or nutritional health or the health of their career or spirituality, like you name it, all of those things come together to form healthy human beings. And I really believe that if you prioritize health and you put yourself first, it's incredible the ripple effects that will happen in every single facet of your life. And so from that, you know, launched a podcast, did a show, and then, um, and then, and then it extended into me becoming a health and a life coach. So over the pandemic, of course, my traditional day job of, you know, traveling to LA and New York to interview actors and musicians that kind of got sidelined while the world was going through a pandemic and we were all respecting the rules. And so I found myself with a lot of spare time on my hands, AKA weekends, and I didn't know what to do with myself. So I went back to my passion of health and wellness and got certified to become a health and a life coach. So I kind of, I kind of manage all of those balls, entertainment reporter by day, like I like to call myself a sweatpant connoisseur by night. Like I just love the extreme, uh, you know, the high glam and the cozy loungewear and health is kind of like the overarching thing that connects everything I do. I love that. And literally you are balancing all the things, which is what we're going to get into today. Like nine to five, healthy is hot. Like how are you managing it all? But before we dive into that, I am so curious, like how did you even come up with the brand? I know you mentioned that you're like passionate about health and wellness, bringing health and wellness into just like your everyday life. And I love that you're talking about the different facets of health and not just like, what are we eating? And what are we, you know, how are we working out? Like you're talking about how you're fueling your body and you're fueling your mind and you're fueling your spirit and all these different things. So tell me about how Healthy is Hot got started. Like how was this baby born? Yeah, no, that's a very good question. So we kind of have to go back in time a little bit to uh, 2013, which was the year that my life completely changed. So at that time, I was in my early 20s. I was doing a second degree at McGill University in Montreal. My first one was in psychology and neuroscience. And my second one was doing a nursing degree. I was on a track to become a nurse practitioner. I, I couldn't wait to take my passion for health and wellness and help people and, and be an advocate for people. And I really thought that's where my life was headed. But meanwhile, while I was doing one degree and my second degree, I had multiple jobs to help pay my way through school. I was on the cycling team at the school 
school. I was also a heavy partier at the time. I was running a lot. So I was burning the candle, not at both ends, but like at every possible which end and something had to give. And at the time I had such tunnel vision for all the goals and all the activities that I was in that I took basically a seat on the back burner. My health, my wellness, my mental health took a seat on the back burner and no one really knew. I was getting top grades at school. My social life was thriving. I was quote unquote healthy because I was working out a lot. And, um, and no one really knew myself included that I was really unwell and I was really struggling. And the thing is, is when you're in your early twenties, like things, you have a tendency to just like thrive on no sleep. You can party all weekend and show up to class and you're good. Now that I'm 33, I can't do any of that shit. Like I can't do it because my body will tell me. But in my early 20s, I was able to do all of the things for too long, too much that eventually I had to take a break. And it wasn't a self-imposed break. It was during my second degree halfway through that I had a bit of a breakdown and I had to seek professional help. It was at that time that um, I was gracefully given a sabbatical from McGill from the mental health department to focus on my well-being. And that was really my wake-up call to realizing that I am a human being and I cannot do all things 100% all the time. Something has to get sacrificed. And at that time, it was myself and my well-being. So there I was, January 2013, I was no longer a full-time science student at McGill, the university that I had dreamed of going to since I was little. Everyone I knew was going to school and there I was lost, confused, and had no sense of who I was in this world if I wasn't a student. And I really lost myself um, and realized at that point how unwell I was. So I was supposed to be taking care of myself on this sabbatical, but I clearly didn't listen to the powers that be because I'll never forget it was you know middle of winter in Montreal which is frigid cold the days are very very short and I was feeling lost and confused crying on my couch flipping through the channels until finally I landed on a, a channel here called Much Music in Canada um, very similar to MTV if you're stateside listening to this and for some reason, as I'm haphazardly flipping through the channels, I pause at much music. And then a commercial comes on and it completely changes my life. And the commercial said, do you wanna be the next much music VJ? And in that moment, I felt so lost and so unsure of who I was as a human being. I was like, why not world, why not? I, I, so I channeled everything I had into learning the culture at much music. Um, getting up to speed on all my favorite musicians and entering this reality show. And somehow the stars aligned. I ended up getting accepted onto the show. We traveled across Canada on a Greyhound bus. Every major city, there was um, a challenge. People got eliminated and I made it all the way till the end and secured the job, which is how I got into this industry. But the interesting thing is that while I was on this journey on this reality show, I still wasn't taking care of myself. And so by the time we traveled from Vancouver to Ottawa, which is basically one coast of the country to almost the other one, I got to Ottawa, which is where my mom lives. And she hadn't seen me for quite a long time. And I got off the bus and there she was with a massive sign that said Chloe for VJ. And she'd been so supportive. And when I got off the bus, her face went from excitement 
to pure concern. I was raised in a house with not a lot of rules and there wasn't like, I was always like the good kid, the, the A plus kid, the kid you didn't have to worry about. So I had never really seen that look on my mom before. It was at that moment that I was like, huh, I wonder what that's all about. And she pulled me aside and she was just shocked. She was shocked at the, the size of my body. I had lost even more weight than I had in university. I didn't look well. Like my skin was very sallow, almost green. My hair texture was non-existent. I, I just, I didn't look like myself. I didn't look like the child that she raised. And she pulled me aside and she was like, look, sweetheart, whatever you do, whether you go back to nursing, whether you do this TV thing that came out of the blue, like you got to promise me that you're going to take care of yourself in whatever industry you do, because you're not going to be able to do it if you don't take care of yourself. And again, you have to understand that like, she was not your traditional parent. Like there, there weren't a lot of like rules and stuff. So it was very strange for me to hear my mom tell me something so like profound and intense. And I, I took it and I was like, whoa, this has got to be real. So that night in Ottawa, we got to stay at like a fancy hotel before finishing the reality show in Toronto, which is where I currently live and work. And I went to the gym that night and I remember for some reason feeling compelled to use the hashtag healthy is hot. And at that point I maybe had like 300 followers. Like it wasn't to like tell it to my massive audience that I was like going to be on this new journey. It was really almost like a public promise to myself that no matter what I was going to strive for healthy going forward. And it's been a very long journey since that pivotal moment in Ottawa where I realized how poorly I was treating myself, how unaware of the issues I was struggling with, body dysmorphia, disordered eating, heavy, heavy bouts of anxiety, um, depressive symptoms that come and go. I was unaware of all of it because on paper, I thought I was doing everything right. I was eating what I thought at the time was healthy. I was working out and burning calories. I thought I was doing what healthy was supposed to look like when really I had no idea how to actually take care of myself. I just knew how to be a people pleaser. I just knew how to show up and do a good job, whether it was on a sports team, whether it was at school, whether it was hosting a birthday party, you name it. I was, I was committed to making sure everyone around me was good, except I kept forgetting to put myself first. And it took me a really long time to learn that choosing to carve out time for yourself, choosing to put yourself first is not selfish. I always really thought it was selfish and I thought self-care was dumb and I thought it was frivolous. I had to work on my relationship with myself. I had to realize that I had worth, I had value. And when you do self-care, practice self-care, whatever that looks like for you, when you choose to nourish your body with fuel, when you choose to move your body in a way that feels good, when you choose to surround yourself with people that add to your life, that is not selfish, friends. That is, should be like the bare minimum to you living a life where you look in the mirror and you go, you're worth it. Like your dreams are worth it. Your health is worth it. Um, because if you don't do that, it's it starts to slip between the cracks and you get more and more disjointed with like who you are as a person and who the world sees. And I really had a big gap in who the world saw and who I saw when I looked in the mirror. And so Healthy is Hot has been in tandem with my career in media, which again came out of left field, but it was interesting because when my life changed in such a drastic way, in such a beautiful way, I was at my lowest. I was at my most broken. I was at my most lost. And I had to find myself and realize my worth 
while being thrust into a national spotlight show. And it was very challenging, um, but I wouldn't change it for the world because now I you know, prioritize health over everything. Don't get me wrong. I love wine and tequila and nachos and sushi. And I like love enjoying life. But most of the time I try to make choices that align with my best version of me, which is the me that prioritizes health. And so Healthy is Hot was born from truly a selfish place. I needed to hold myself accountable. It grew from there where I realized, you know what, there are other people resonating with this hashtag that Healthy is Hot. And from there, it just grew to this community where people contribute articles that feel good to them. It's a volunteer basis. So all the articles you see on the website are just people feeling that they need a safe space to tell their story or share their expertise or just, you know, talk about what excites them about health or what scares them about health. And then once I got, I, I would always say I got bored with the blogging world, but I realized for me, writing blogs was not my like thing. You know, it wasn't the thing that lit me up inside. And what I love is talking to people and sharing their stories and, and learning from them and being inspired from them. And so then it grew into a podcast and from there it grew into a show and I have no idea where it's going next, um, but I'm excited and I'm forever grateful to Healthy is hot, the entity, healthy is hot, the community, um, because it truly, truly saved me. Oh my gosh, that is such a beautiful story. Honestly, as I was listening to you like tell your story, one thing that struck me was that you have always balanced so many different things. And I don't know, tell me if this is the wrong vibe, but the vibe I'm getting is like you're an overachiever, yep. you love greatness. Okay, yep. you're do you struggle with perfectionism? And work well, as well. Okay. Are you looking into I, my soul? I, I think I'm looking at myself right now. I think that's what it is. And I'm like, I know when I see it. Okay. I know when I see it. And so as you're telling the story and you're talking about how, you know, you took the sabbatical, but then all of a sudden you end up thrusting yourself into learning something else into sort of like enmeshing your whole world into like the music industry and going on that journey. And yes, it's led to this beautiful new pivot that you have right in media. But again, it was another industry, another space that you were like, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to dominate. And I think that is so beautiful because like when you're driven in that way, you accomplish a lot of amazing things in this life, but you also have to really make sure that you are conscious of prioritizing your health. Because if not that workaholism, that perfectionism, that like trying to do it all, I'm going to do it all. doesn't matter how many hours it takes. Like it will literally crush you because I cannot tell you how many times I have like hit burnout, been burnt out in the last couple of years. And it's not fun. It is literally, I mean, no one's going to sit here and describe burnout as fun, but like, I, like, let's just say it again. Like it is not fun. And so as you were describing all that stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, I love it because you've pushed yourself and you've gotten to this beautiful place in your journey. And because of that, you've realized the importance of health and of self-care and all these other things that maybe you weren't prioritizing before. And because of that, you can also now like lead other souls into that and be like, hey guys, I, I was there. So you don't have to be there. Like, let me show you what not to do. Let's talk about it. But also I just love like your work ethic. I love like everything that you're doing. One thing I'm so curious about though, it's like, what's been the most difficult part of this journey, right? You mentioned that it was probably the part where you said you were thrust into this new world so many eyes on you, all these things when you were at your lowest, right? Was that, would you say that was the most difficult part of the journey for you? Sort of like within not only your media career, but also building Healthy is Hot at the same time? 
Yeah, I definitely think it was definitely one of the more challenging things. And I think it's imposter syndrome, you know, like I, you look at me on camera, (laughs) especially back then. And um, I mean, I'm still basically that girl, but like very bubbly, very friendly, want to make, I like, my whole thing is I want to make everybody feel like a somebody. And that is very true. None of that is a lie. None of that is fake. But I put on that persona all the time and didn't let anyone else see the cracks in the foundation, the more vulnerable side of me. And so the the struggle I had was I was able to go and do my job and I was able to like go to these fancy events and parties and network and interview big stars and, and learn about the entertainment industry and the journalism industry as a whole. And then I would go home and I'd be, I would feel like a shell of a human being. And I felt such a disjoint who I was at home and who I was at work. And it really created such a big, big self-imposter syndrome where I just felt like I was the biggest fraud. I was surrounded by people who went to school for this. And here I was like this science nerd who was like, who am I to interview like all these stars? Like, come on. I'm actually like really shy and insecure and struggle with really bad anxiety. Like, what am I doing in the TV industry? And so I think like that imposter syndrome was really a big challenge. And it just all boiled down to me being okay being me me being okay being like the super bubbly happy go lucky make everybody feel like a somebody girl and also me being okay being like you know what I'm gonna read a book by myself and drink tea all day and like that's what I need today and it's okay it's okay to like let all sides of you breathe and live and it's also okay to accept all sides of you and I think the older I get and I hate to say this, but like, honestly, being in my thirties has changed things. I'm less concerned with what other people think of me. And I'm more concerned with like, am I okay with me? And if I'm okay with me, then like the rest is going to be groovy. And the more I'm like cool with who I am as a human being, the more I can show up in all these different spaces and the imposter syndrome diminishes a little bit. I don't think it'll ever go away. I just think it's, it's going to be my, it's going to be my, my non-friend friend for the rest of my life. But like, I keep it in check. You know, I keep it in check and then I'm able to show up fully and do the best I can, whether it's with work, professional relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, and the most important relationship, the relationship with myself, then I can go out and do my thing. How do you deal with the imposter syndrome? Because I've talked about this. I think I have like three different episodes on imposter syndrome because, oh my gosh, that gets me. I say exactly what you say. Like, it's never going to fully go away. You hear about people who are like, you would think, oh my God, this person is like at the top of their field. They know all these things and they're struggling with imposter syndrome as well. So it is something we all deal with, but like, how do you specifically kind of like work through imposter syndrome besides like the tip you just gave us? Like, what are some other things you do to help with that? Yeah, this is something I've had to work on with my therapist a lot. And she's someone who I, I like facts. I like hard evidence um, because Same. otherwise like my emotions <laughs> can get in the way. Yeah. So I, I like, I feel things and I feel them intensely. And, and I love that about myself because they're just, they're so pure and genuine. Like I can't fake it, you know, but what I will say is something that she suggested to me and I'm, I love to share it with people is she was like, just look at the evidence. So on days where I feel like, what am I doing here? Or like, I have no business being on that stage interviewing this person on such a serious subject matter or like who am I to like post content on social media and like talk about this like no one's going to believe me that's when I look at hard evidence and I have to remind myself of the previous things that I've accomplished or challenges that I've overcome and I'm like oh okay like 
if that version of me did it then, like maybe the version of me now can get through it. And if that all else fails, I know that people have issues with fake it till you make it, but sometimes you just gotta fake it till you make it. And I like to say that I like to put on my Chloe Wilde armor. So Chloe Wilde is my stage name. It's, it's what I go by in the public. And sometimes where I'm having days where I feel like I don't have it in me or I feel like the itty bitty shitty committee in my head is taking over. I put on my Chloe Wilde armor and like Beyonce's got Sasha Fierce. I call it my Chloe Wilde armor and I physically will pretend like I'm putting on a jacket and I zip it up and I'm like, all right, once I've got my Chloe Wilde armor, like no one can mess with me, not even me. And when I have it on, I can go out and I can do it. And then I can come home and I can take it off and I can go curl up in a sweatsuit and drink some tea and just like watch trash. TV if I want to oh my gosh I love that the description of the the accomplishments like that is exactly what I do like I literally have a note on my phone and it's like what have I done or like I, th- I think it's called what have I done slash accomplishments something like that and I'll go through my list and be like okay look at all these things that you've done like and this is not even every single thing like this is the stuff you can list for the past year or two and you're telling me you you think you're an imposter for this or like this other thing, like, no, no, ma'am, you deserve to be here. You deserve to show up. You're good. And then also too, like with the armor, I also feel like, okay, may not be everyone's cup of tea because not everyone likes like makeup and stuff like that. But for me, the the days where I get up and I like get dressed, especially because I work from home. So it's so easy to always be like, let me just put on my pajamas and go to work. Like, cause who's going to, who's going to know who is going to know. But the days that I get dressed, like I put on my wig, I put on some makeup, I feel like a boss and I feel like the energy truly comes through. Like if you see me, if you ever see me in Dallas and I walk up in a Starbucks with my heels on and my laptop in my bag and I whip out my laptop at Starbucks, I feel like a true boss. So there is something to be said about like, you know, whether it's the, the, actual like armor right so the clothes and stuff are wearing or whether it's sort of that um that armor that you can't see the one that's like invisible to other people but like you know it's there just like putting that on and showing up in the world and being like this is who I am this is how I'm showing up and just having that confidence like it truly does help and you know I like to say instead of fake it till you make it it's kind of a similar concept but I just I'm like I'm embodying like that best version of myself I'm embodying that bitch like I am her she is me okay and that's who we're showing up as today so yeah oh I love that you're you're the gal that goes to Starbucks like all done up I respect that a lot I how I'm like the opposite I'm always always I I shouldn't say always I like to be in loungewear but I've got like my special loungewear you know like I've got my like home Mm -hmm. loungewear and then I've got the like cute monochromatic well-fitted put it with some high top pair it with a beanie like I like to make it a look but I agree I think people who have never experienced fashion in a way that makes them feel empowered oh my gosh if you're listening to this and you are like I don't understand what these two are talking about give yourself a chance to just go and play in a store or with your friend's wardrobe or even your own and see how you feel when you put something on. If something makes you feel good, that is a keeper. If something makes you feel bad, it is time to donate it. Someone mm-hmm. else will love it. And it's, it is amazing when you do have a bad day, the power of just taking a shower, putting on your face cream, getting dressed. Maybe it's putting on a bright lip. I love putting on a bright lip when I have oh, a I love a bright day. Lip. Yeah. And it does something and it feels superficial on paper, 
But if it does something to you internally, it is mad superficial. Mm -hmm. People are always like, why? Like, not always. But sometimes people like question why I wear heels. Like, I'm literally that person. 95% of my shoes are heels. So you'll catch me at the grocery store in a heel booty. But that's just because that's who I am. That's what I'm wearing. That's how I show up. And it's like, if you're, if it's like something that I'm wearing, like, no need for you to be concerned about it. Like, I'm not wearing it. It helps me to feel good or I, I love it. And it works for me. So... About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. You talked about the show. I, we have to dive into the show. You got to give us tea on the show. So tell us more about this TV series. What was like the process? Like, I'm so curious, like the behind the scenes, how long it took, like, the spiritual process as well behind it. Like, what did you have to work on internally to be able to show up and like put your best foot forward on this show as like you're taking yourself through this journey of like healthy? I mean, it was so, it was really, really surreal to be honest. Like I said, I've been in this industry now 10 years working on a variety of different channels and shows and doing healthiest hot on the side. Like the healthiest hot was always my side hustle. That's what I always said. And then all of a sudden my worlds collided and my employer was like, you know, this would make a really cool mini series. And I was like, "Mm, you're literally taking everything out of my journal and like putting it into real life. I couldn't believe that this was happening, that someone saw the value of something like Healthy is Hot to go, you know, into mainstream media on a streaming platform. And it was really important to me to team up with producers and camera operators that I I really vibed with because this was going to be the most vulnerable version of Chloe that, you know, the the public had seen. Again, in entertainment, my goal is to shine a spotlight on whoever it is I'm interviewing. Whereas in this show, I was in the spotlight alongside other people, but I had to let people in on my journey with health. And so I was really lucky to be surrounded by 
uh, a nucleus team. I wanted it to be really small, really kind of uh, almost like doc style run and gun kind of shooting. And we got to shoot in beautiful British Columbia in a couple different spots. And every episode had a different theme. One was face your fears. One was giving back. One was uh, plant power. I myself am not a vegan, but I love having meatless days. And so I wanted to dive more into that, the health of the animals and the planet and just the way it impacts people. And the face your fears one was definitely the most challenging because I gave my producer carte blanche to do whatever it is she wanted. And so I really had to just be vulnerable. And I was curious about, you know, what happens when instead of running away from fear, you embrace fear, you step into it and you see what's on the other side. And that, that sense of like, whoever you are, you know, continuously tr strive to challenge yourself, whether it's, you know, raising your hand in a meeting or, you know, going to that stand-up comedy bar and sitting front row or asking that person out on a date or, you know, going traveling by yourself, like whatever it is that makes you feel nervous and frightened. I really wanted to challenge that through this episode and to experience firsthand, like what happens when instead of running away from fear, we actually see what we're capable of. And the biggest takeaway is that we are way more capable of more than we give ourselves credit. And so it was a really fun exploration of various things, um, various aspects of health that I was really passionate about and putting that into a series and just taking people along for the ride. And I will forever be grateful for that experience. It was challenging and very vulnerable and uncomfortable at times because I had to really put myself on the line. And it was, it was very awkward to watch because I hate watching myself on camera, but I felt like I had to, like I had to see. And I, I'm really proud of it. Like I'm really proud of the whole team who pulled it off. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You should be absolutely proud because that is amazing. I was actually like looking at the different episodes on, it's called Crave, right? I think my friend told me Crave is like our HBO max yeah. or like HBO here. So I'm like, that is so dope for one. And then, oh my gosh, she said something else I wanted to like address, but I completely forgot. But the fear thing, oh my gosh, the fear thing is huge. And I think imposter syndrome again comes into play here. We'll look at a thing and be like, who are we to do this? We're not strong enough. We're not brave enough. Like we don't have the experience, but it's like the minute that you kind of almost like just jump off the cliff, jump off the bridge. You're kind of like, that wasn't so bad. I kind of liken it to when I take my vitamins. Like I suck at taking pills. Like I, I literally will like choke on, it's like a tiny little tablet, but I've been really focusing on making a goal, like taking my vitamins every single day. And a lot of them are kind of the big pill capsules and I'll just like pop them into my mouth. And before I even have a chance to like think about the fear that I feel or the fact that I'm afraid of like choking on this pill, I just, I just chug. I like put it in my mouth, swallow. And then I'm like, okay, that wasn't so bad. You gotta do it five more times. However, that wasn't so bad. So it's kind of like that. And I just, I love that you talked about fear and also like veganism and the planet. And you just have these different like things that go into health. Cause like we mentioned at the top of the show, like it's not just one thing, right? Health is so many different things. It means so many different things to so many different people. So I love that you brought us along on that journey. And it sounds like such a dope process as well. And I, the fact that it's like right out of your journal, hello, you scripted that manifestation. 
you absolutely scripted that into life. I love that for you. Yeah, it was a wild, wild thing. Yeah. So for anyone stateside, Crave is like a streaming platform in Canada and it hosts many things like HBO. And then they also do their in-house stuff. And that mine was one of like the in-house productions. It was just wild. Like I, and then the pandemic happened. So I'm, I'm hoping it will come back for season two. Um, I, I'd be so grateful, but if it is just a one and done situation, again, I'm so down, like dear universe, you're listening. I respect you. I value you. Yes. Like, whatever you want to throw my way. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I have to see, like, am I able to watch Crave in the U.S.? I'm not sure, but you know, there is VPN. So I'm going to figure it out. I'm <laughs> going to figure it out. Cause I do have a friend who literally signed up for Crave the other day. And that's what I was asking her last night. I was like, you're my, you're probably gonna have to like share your logins with me so that I could like go and watch this. Yes. So yeah. Um, but one of the things that I am also really curious about is like your balance, right? Cause you again are so busy. You have this full-time nine to five you also have Healthy is Hot, which we've clearly seen is like huge. Like you're doing so many things with Healthy is Hot. How do you manage it all? Like, how do you stay sane? Um, good question. Still working on that pace, by the way. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, aren't we always? Yeah. My yeah. life is like organized chaos. Like, I don't think I will ever achieve balance, um, but I'm happy to be living in a state of organized chaos because there are so many balls in the air. And to be honest, it's, it's hard sometimes to do it all well. And so I've had to come to terms with the fact that I can, I can do some things really well, but I can't do all things at once really, really well, which is where I lean hard on my calendar. Oh my gosh. Yes. Literally. Yes. With lots of buffer room in between, because you never know what's going to happen. And speaking of calendars, like I, because health is so important to me, like I always schedule in my workouts a week ahead of time. And then they're there. It's a reminder. Like I'm prioritizing, whether it's a 10 minute walk, a 45 minute hit class, of a little bit of meditation, like whatever, whatever I can manage to do, but I schedule it in and then it becomes a priority because if it's in my schedule, I try really hard to respect it. So whether it's meetings or editing a podcast or working on creative briefs, um, my calendar really, really helps me to stay accountable. And then this has been really hard, um, but I try to make it a non-negotiable. I really, really, really try to not do work on weekends. I try really, really hard for weekends to be for living um, because I can be a workaholic. I am someone who has a thousand goals I want to achieve at all times and um, I have to check myself. So I try hard on the weekends to do non-work things, go rock climbing, go grocery shopping, clean the house, do cooking, hang out with friends. Cause that's another thing. It's one of the areas of my life. I'm not the best at is a social life. Cause again, I dive into work so much and I found that that's really helped. I, I had to work very hard to get to a place where I can take weekends off. And if I do choose to work on a weekend, I make sure it's something that's filling my cup. Like the podcast is something I will always happily work on on the weekend because it really does feel, fill my cup and it doesn't feel like a job. So so time management, I think, is probably like the number one thing. I think also delegating and leaning on people um, has been a lesson I've had to learn over time as well. Um, I could do it all, but you know what? Sometimes it's pretty amazing to collaborate with other people. Um, everyone brings their unique lived experiences to the table, their unique skills, and it's a pretty awesome feeling to be a part of a team. And then when the team wins, it's just, oh, it feels so, so good. So definitely organization calendar wise, time blocking, making sure that 
with respect to time blocking that quiet time, non-work time is scheduled in ensuring that movement is a part of it. Cause when I move, I'm definitely happier. And then, um, making sure that I have a team, a team that, that empowers me, that challenges me, um, that bring different set of skills to the table. And then I, if I'm lucky, I've achieved organized chaos. I think it's so interesting how, like, I literally just did an episode, what was it, yesterday about how I balance my nine to five and content creation. And I kid you not, everything you just said is what I said. The calendar thing was like my biggest thing. I think I spent like 20 or 30 minutes talking about my calendar because I was just like, guys, honestly, having my calendar, having it color coded. So I know like what's nine to five stuff, what's manifest daily, just like having a schedule is so important. It sounds like very type A and I, I would argue I'm also very type A in general. Like I use Excel sheets for like all the things you as well. Do you, do you love Google sheets? Like, is it? I feel like, did we just make our best friends? Like, I feel like I, I'm... yes, literally. Yes. Because I'm just like, I know you, I know you understand what I'm saying. Like the Google sheets, like every, oh, my monthly budget is like my favorite thing to do. It's actually wild. But I literally was like, the calendar is so key because when you know what you're supposed to be doing or when you have like a schedule, like yes, have buffer time in there or yes, be able to be flexible and move things around. However, if you just have like, okay, here's my day and you don't know, you have all the things to do, but you don't know when you're doing what, you don't have a to-do list, you don't have a li- like a calendar, you don't have a schedule, you are going to feel very overwhelmed. It's going to be like, I have so much to do. When am I going to do it? So it is, I love exactly what you said, organized chaos. That's also how I would describe my life. It's like type A, but you know, know, like what is happening? I I sometimes don't know, but I do know what's happening. So yeah. (laughs) We do, we know, we know. Yeah. I also know that you have another venture that I'm very, very curious about. The schoolhouse. Yes. (laughs) Are we in the schoolhouse right now? No, so we are in, uh, my partner and I have a loft downtown Toronto. Um, it sounds very fancy. It's not that fancy. I just like, I like saying loft. Loft was always on my A loft is cool. We love lofts. I know, I'm in a loft now. No, so we are downtown Toronto right now, but, um, so my partner is an artist. He's a muralist and a designer and just very creative. And I'm like a numbers person. I like organization. But one of the things that really works well for us as a team is we love to travel and explore new places. And we typically do Airbnbs when we go to new places. We love just like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, being nosy, being in someone else's house. And every time we go somewhere, we're like, man, imagine how fun it would be to like have our own Airbnb, like take some place and make it really unique so that people can go and have awesome stays. And, um, And we just like, it's just something we talked about for years. And then when the pandemic happened and we stopped traveling so much, um, we realized that maybe this was a good sign to start adulting and to start kind of going for what we wanted to do as a team. And so we started being nosy and looking at real estate and we found this beautiful old property built in 1900. It was literally the school for the kids on the street. Um, that's where they would go. And the street hasn't really changed. It's still a dirt road. There's still only a couple of people that live on it. They're very, very old. Um, one of our neighbors actually went to the school. And so anyways, it hasn't changed much and it's just very, very unique. So we decided to dive in and, you know, we bought this home and I don't know how the banks gave us the mortgage, but they did. So here we are. And we took love when like, people lend us money. <laughs> I was like, hey, you really want to trust us? He's an artist and I work in media. All they right. see the vision. They see the vision. vision. That all or they that matters. needed to hit their numbers, but the, whatever happened, they we see the vision. It. Yeah. 
and then we dove in and, and did all the most of the the renos ourselves and and finally got it up and running and learned how to run an airbnb business and it's been such a fulfilling project especially with the pandemic here in toronto we were severely locked down um, technically we're still locked down so it was really nice to and it was like such a privilege to be able to get out of the city and to mow the lawn and and paint walls and rip up carpet and just oh see if gosh. we actually bring it to life. And so one of the goals was to thrift a lot, to buy as much used uh, furniture and just goodies around the house as possible. And that was a really fun challenge too, to do it on a budget. And now it's up and running and, and people are going and enjoying it. And it's um, now I can't help but daydream about the next one. Oh my gosh. Okay. We're literally going to have to link this in the show notes because I was looking through pictures and I was falling in love. Okay. I honestly think it's so wild, like the synchronicities between us, because I also have a dream of like having an Airbnb and like the vibe of yours is like basically the yeah. vibe of like what I want to have. Like, I just imagine super beautiful, minimalist. Like I definitely want to like have a bunch of like sustainable brands, future, like um, art from like local artists, like things like just yes. some dope stuff. And honestly, I do think one of the reasons I was called to the South is because one, it's, you know, it's a little cheaper here than the North. And I do think like, I would love to have like some sort of Airbnb here in Dallas or in Austin. So literally seeing you do it, like you have inspired me. Okay. You have inspired me. So I love that for you. Tell me more. What was the journey like? Right. So like when you guys were like, okay, let's, let's make an Airbnb. Like let's have an Airbnb. Do you do like research on other Airbnbs? Like, I guess you'd already kind of done it going to like Airbnbs on your own, right? Yeah, so like, what yeah. was that process like? I think, I think you're right. Definitely research is really important. I think we're really fortunate that we've traveled a lot. And every time we are, we've been at an Airbnb, we kind of take note of what we like, what we don't like, what makes it a good experience. So when we were looking for a home, first of all, that was number one, it needed to have character. It needed to be unique, whether... Uh, we just knew we'd know when we saw it. The goal was to have a converted church. That was like the big dream. Unfortunately, um, few and far between in the Toronto area, out in the outskirts and also very expensive. So we, we were like, all right, we'll know. We'll, we just knew it had to be something different uh, with curb appeal and something that we could put our own spin on it. So once we found the schoolhouse, we we're like, okay, amazing. Then we started doing, you know, vision boards and, and trying to figure out what the hues of the home would be, what like Pantones we were going to hit. We knew we wanted something very calming, something very warm, um, and something that people could like see themselves relaxing in. Um, we definitely didn't want to have an Airbnb that would attract partiers. So that was really important for us. So two bedrooms was perfect because if you have more than two bedrooms, you're inviting groups, which can invite parties. And like, we've done parties at Airbnbs and I don't want people doing that in our house. So it was really important to find like the right size home and a home that would feel feasible, especially because this was our first project. So we knew there would be some renos, but they had to be minimal and mostly superficial. So that way we didn't get in over our head. And it was a very steep learning curve. We probably still took on more than we should have, but we showed up and we made it happen. And there was definitely a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, but we just kept focus on the vision, which was we want to create a cool space for people to go and hang out for a place that people can escape Toronto or Ottawa or Montreal and just like go somewhere and feel like they've escaped. 
Um, and again, my, my partner is an artist, so he's got a really good visual eye for what works. And I love numbers. So me and my spreadsheets, we kept track of all the numbers and the deadlines and the contacts and the account numbers. And together we were able to, to make it happen. And it definitely just, I think that the choosing the home was number one, choosing the overall vibe was number two, and then just trying to have fun with it. Just ordering this from that, going to many Salvation Armies, going to various thrift stores, doing Facebook Marketplace. We probably bought more than we needed. We filled up our, our extra room in, in the loft with everything. And we were like, we'll just know what works when we get to the schoolhouse. And whatever it didn't, we just ended up selling back on Marketplace or donating to various shelters. But everything was all in the same hue. Everything was in the same vibe. And so it actually came together really, really beautifully. Okay. You mentioned spreadsheets and I'm so curious. Did you also kind of like work out the, like, do you also have a spreadsheet of working out the math of here's how much the mortgage is. Here's how much we're going to charge per night. Here's how many, excuse me, here's how many people we need to actually like rent and like come in and all those things to kind of make it a profit or were you more so focused on like creating that space in the community and less so focused on like the well I guess you have to be kind of focused on the profit right yes you'd think I honestly it was definitely more experience first um okay we knew we could float the mortgage we knew we could float both mortgages because the downtown spot we own as well we knew we could do it for about six months in addition to having money kind of a nest egg for the renos and unforeseen things. When you buy a house that's 121 years old, sometimes things are going to pop up. So we knew that for sure, that we had that security blanket. What we didn't realize was how quickly those six months were going to fly by. We thought we were going to be up and running, renting, you know, early fall. Uh, Lo and behold, that did not happen. There was a flood. Their roof ended up needing to be replaced. All of these things that, again, when you buy a 121-year-old home, you know, might happen. We just weren't expecting all of the things to happen at once. And with COVID, there was delays with a lot of things. So that six month security blanket went really, really quickly. And then when it came time to actually look at the numbers and get on Airbnb, it was quite challenging at first to get bookings. We thought we had created this beautiful place that had uh, the right design elements, the right energy, the right price point. We priced it quite low at the beginning. And still we weren't getting any interest. And so we had to stay positive because it got a little bit scary for a while. And I was like, oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? We shouldn't have done it in the first place. What are we doing? We have no idea what we're doing. It got really dark. And so we did what we do best, which is share. And we invited friends and family and colleagues just to go have free stays. Just go, let us know what you think. If you want, take some pictures. Um, and then thankfully that kind of helped with our Airbnb algorithm. So we actually had them book through Airbnb, but we just reduced the rate to practically free. And so um, we kind of worked the algorithm in our favor, ended up getting more reviews, ended up getting a little bit higher on the search list until all of a sudden we finally got to a place where non-friends and non-people in our circle started booking the place. And we had to grow really quite slowly. And it, every booking that comes in still to this day, because it's still relatively new, I feel so grateful um, and humbled that these people want to spend their hard-earned money to go and get away from the city for a couple of nights with their pet or their partner or their friend. Um, it's not lost on me that the people go and spend money that they work very hard for to go and have a nice little getaway. And I, I, every time someone goes, I'm like, wow, I can't believe it's actually working. I can't believe it's actually working. 
And now that we are booked, now I can look at the numbers and say, okay, what do we need to pay the rent? Or the mortgage, excuse me. What do we need to make sure that, you know, the lovely lady that helps turn over the property gets paid really well? Because um, it's important to me that whoever's part of our team gets paid adequately. Um, so I think sometimes in the service industry, they're not. And so now that there are bookings, I am looking at the numbers more. At the beginning, I was just focused on creating a cool place. I was really focused on making sure that we didn't surpass the six month blanket and then everything would fall together. And now that we're here and money is coming in, especially with everything we've gone through with the home, I realize how important it is to have a security blanket, a substantial security blanket that you pretend you do not have in case something happens down the line. Um, because I've never had a house before. Like I did not realize how expensive it was to change a roof. Like who knows when the well will need to be replaced. Like, I don't know these things. So now I'm able to look at my spreadsheets a little bit more and make a plan. And to be honest, when we first did this, I thought, oh, we're going to be making bank. Now that we're in it, I'm like, it's just awesome if we can make ends meet, pay the team, uh, you know, a, a, an amount that makes them feel good and make sure that there's money in the bank for unforeseen problems in the future. And to be honest, if it's more than that, awesome. But if we just accomplish that, I'll be so proud because essentially we're saving for our future. Every time we pay down that mortgage, we're saving for our future. What you said about it being slow at the beginning and then like having to build up. Um, thank you for sharing that, by the way, because I do feel like sometimes, you know, we get into this thing of thinking like, what, what is it? If we build it, they will come, right? If you create something amazing and beautiful and you put all your heart and soul into it and you know it's great quality, people have to find it. They have to like it, right? And oftentimes it, it does not how it works. Like unless, you know, we're, we're living in times now where like things go viral and that does happen to some people, like, you know, but for pretty much everyone, it's kind of a thing where you have to build it up slowly. And mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned that because I think you, we can apply that lesson to literally anything here, right? If someone is like starting a business, if they're starting content creation, if they're doing an Airbnb, whatever it is, it's like put all your heart and soul and like that energy into making it beautiful and quality like you did. Like you guys focus so much on the, how will this space make people feel? Like how will this space actually make someone's vacation good? And I love that you invited friends and family and asked them like, What's, what's your take on it? What could we fix? What could we change? Like, give us your honest reviews so that you could improve. And now that people are booking, like they're going to have that amazing stay there because you've worked so hard up front on that quality. But I do love, you know, you sharing that because again, it can get really easy to think that you're doing something wrong. Or like, again, that imposter syndrome can come up sometimes and be like, well, who, who were we to like have an Airbnb? Like we shouldn't have even gotten into this. Like now look at us. And, but it's like, no, like things take time, especially when it is an investment. And honestly, like I have been like thinking about, I'm like, okay, should I like buy a house next year? And I won't even lie to you. Like the, I, I hear stories like houses are great. Houses are fabulous. But then sometimes I hear the things about someone needing to like replace a roof or something, or my parents needing to like replace their water heater. And I'm like, do I really have disposable income to like replace a water heater? Mm, I'm going to, I'm going to go with no. <laughs> I'm going to go with no. Like the other day, my um, under my sink in my kitchen, the garbage disposal, like something broke off. It flooded inside the, under the sink. I was so happy that I could call maintenance and be like, Hey, can you please come fix it? They came and vacuumed it up, fix the thing, whatever, like no cost to me. 
But I was like, if that was a house, like I would have had to call a plumber. I would have had to pay for the parts. It would have probably been like another cost for him to vacuum up the water. Like, oh my gosh. So it's like not a sexy way to spend your money. Like I'll tell you that. It's not like you're buying a plant and you're like, you can look at it and enjoy it every day. Most renos, no one can see or enjoy. You just spend the money. You just spend it, but it is an investment. And that's the thing with investments, you know, that return is not right away. It is, you got to see the long-term vision. You got to see 10, 20, 30 years down the road for you to actually be like, this money I'm spending is going to come back. It's just not going to come back tomorrow or next year, or even the year after that, but it's going to be okay. So yeah, this is going to be okay. But um, I love every single thing that you're doing. And I've said it earlier, I'm going to say it again, like you should absolutely be proud of yourself for like everything you've accomplished, everything that you're working on. I'm so curious if you could tell your younger self like one thing, what would that be? Oh, honestly, chill out and like be nice to yourself. Like I was so stressed out by everything and feeling the need to be so many things to so many different people that I honestly think I kind of forgot to enjoy the ride along the way um, because I was just hyper stressed by everything and hyper focused on making sure everyone else was good around me that I kept forgetting to focus on making myself like feel a part of it and feel that life should be enjoyed. And so now I'm playing catch up and I am enjoying life as much as possible while I continue to you know, be kind and and shine a light on other people's stories and go for my dreams. But I really try to find the joy in life now. Um, Not to say that I don't stress out because I am always still pretty much stressed out, but I really, really make an effort to find the joy in life and to enjoy it because, you know, like there's only today and then like there's gonna be tomorrow and then today's gone. So like, how can Mm -hmm. we make today amazing? Exactly. And like, you also, I mean, it sounds kind of morbid, but I really, for me, it helps, honestly. You just never know like how many days you have. So it's like, might as well enjoy them while they're here. Granted, sometimes that gets me into a little bit of a, a place where I'm spending at Sephora and I'm like, your life is short. Let me, let me go run up a check at Sephora. I did that the other day. And then, you know, and then, and then you, you realize you're like, wait a second, I, I did live until tomorrow and, you know, and, and I spent that money at Sephora, but, yeah. <laughs> but I agree with you, like being kinder to yourself, being more gentle with yourself, having fun with life, actually enjoying it, right. Actually enjoying it and not just like working yourself to the bone essentially. Yes. So yeah, but this has been a beautiful conversation, Chloe, as expected. Um, for all of the listeners, can you let us know where we can find you? Of course, I'll have all the links to everything down below in the show notes, but let us know where we can find you and also what kind of content we can expect from you online. Oh, all right. All right. I'll, I'll do a little shameless plug. Do it. Uh, well, friends, do it. <laughs> yeah. On all platforms, you can find me uh, the Chloe Wild. That's my personal page. Uh, lots of like coaching content, some fun fashion content, just a little bit of my life, whether it's travel or TV or just the ins and outs of being me. And then Healthy is Hot is, of course, where you can find all things HIH. Um, every Tuesday, we drop a new episode for the podcast. Yandra is one of the guests this coming season. Yes, get awesome. excited. And if you want to check out the schoolhouse, if you happen to be like, you know, in Canada and want to check it out, or at least just check out um, the Airbnb, definitely head to that Instagram page as well. And you can see some of the pictures and the blood, sweat and tears that went into it, friends. Um, But in the meantime, I don't know, just, just do you come hang out with me if you want. I love it.
Thank you. Thank you so much again, Chloe, for joining me for today's conversation. And we will chat soon. What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest visit, a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary and this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays so if you're curious about bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful amazing beautiful souls head to my website for more information themanifestly.com events visit the link in the show notes and yeah let's let's hang out in bali